on my brother triple on put those on game who didn't know the true form of pure evil hello welcome to Kingdom Quest episode 177 i'm your host mike apps aka wheels and with me as always uh two panics come up with a quip david bernie family master and your man in japan michael baker gaijin Minokatari. and this is really the first time we're recording because i have i verified this time that we were actually recording before we Yay. did all nice our intros that happens, one. It? Yeah. I'm terrible. Uh, yeah. You are terrible no matter what you think. Okay, sorry. Wow. I mean, it's true, but it was, it's rude to say. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm just sure. in the mood to randomly make up lyrics to different songs. Nice. That's fair. I've been there. Uh, let's see. Uh, so what have we been up to? I saw you tweeting in a way that implied you may have finished Moon, Gaijin. Oh, yeah, I mean, twice, actually. Um, oh, well. Kind of. I, <laughs> no, no, it's just I, uh, I intentionally went for the bad ending first and then um, tooled around from the last save and got, grabbed some more, another level of love and went back and did the good ending. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Yes. need to start that up but unfortunately it's a lot of games on switch it's easy to get distracted <laughs> for me it's just yep. that it, i have to think more about moon than i do other games so i haven't played as much of it as i should have <laughs> i managed to get through it in less than or just about two weeks mainly because i still remembered a lot of it from eight years ago <laughs> nice. and even then i did i um during the final cleanup i did double check a few things online to make sure i knew where i was supposed to be going to grab the last little scenes. Nice. So, seen, which nice. I still have a few left, but I was like, two of those are mini-game related, and I didn't like the mini-games, or one of the mini-games. I've actually seen the devs being pretty cool going around Twitter telling people that are stuck to go read the manual. That's pretty cool. It's important. Yeah. There's yeah. important information in that manual. Yeah. And uh, thankfully... Um, I, I did remember that it's actually auto-save the entire way through. You don't actually have to save anything. It's yeah, just whenever it's... you sleep, you save. Nice. Yeah. Which is useful. Very useful. <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, I, I have not actually read the manual in eight years. I just had fun playing. Yeah. But yeah, new players should read the manual. And expect to be a little confused and lost. And thankfully, there is a character halfway through, which after you help him attain enlightenment, he will sell you hints. Nice. He better. He attained enlightenment. <laughs> and also, um, let's see, two or three days a week, the fishermen will be pulling up bait, and you can go with them and pull up as many of the things as you can and then start fishing and sell the fish. Nice. That's a good racket. I like that. Yeah. It's probably the only good way of making money in the game is to just sell fish that you catch. Much like real life. I mean, you can also do the bird, um, betting on birds get minigame, but you only really need to do that to uh, finally get a bit of love from the guy running the betting. Mm -hmm. And activate two different monster souls. Yeah. So, uh, how far have you gotten in this one, Dave? 
Uh, not very far, because again, I've, it requires more brain power than I have to spare at the moment. <laughs> so, check back with me in a week. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like most of my time has been spent on more passive forms of entertainment, like uh, old me, anime and me Tony look Hawk. Bad at Tony Hawk. Destroying you. Utterly. I mean, I already make myself look bad at Tony Hawk. You just make it worse. I felt ashamed that I did not get all ten goals in the first level on my first run. I got... I don't think I got any my first (laughs) one. And yet I still felt shame. (sighs) Mm -hmm. But those games are still good. They're still not RPGs, but they're still good. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes your head's not in the game for RPGs. Yeah. Uh, last week, I'm pretty sure I convinced somebody to play Metal Max. Metal Max. 3. Oh yeah, you told me about yeah, this. Yeah, I was in yep. a retro shop talking to somebody, also trying to convince them to play Origami King, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how he had just ha- hacked his 3DS. I'm like, oh, you should try Metal Max 3. And I'm pretty sure I convinced him. Yeah. So. Hopefully. Speaking of Metal Max, guess what I've got in my Switch. Oh, how's had the chance to touch that yet? Or I've been working through it. However, I my switch has recently developed a ghosting issue with the left oh, no. joystick. Which oh, you've got that drift. Be, yeah, which is turning out to be more of a problem with this game than I would have expected. Huh? You don't you don't have the because switch light, right? You have the regular switch. I got the regular switch. Okay, so I can at least replace the, yeah. the thing. It's it's too yeah. bad. It'll cost a bit, but um. No, part of the issue here is I don't. I'm trying to remember exactly how the tanks worked in the the original version, but in this one you actually have to use the Z L Z R buttons to make it go forward and backward. Ooh. And um. And the use of the joystick for directional controls while doing this is a little touchy at times and is especially touchy when your joystick decides it's going left for no random reason. Mm. A particular reason. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I'm I'm still... I'm having mixed feelings about this remake right now, unfortunately. Uh, I've got uh, signs of Pochi showing up pretty soon, thankfully, which should be a pick-me-up. But, um... Yeah. (laughs) And I haven't gotten far enough to see if there's any actual alterations to the plot. Probably some. I Hopefully some. But at least at the very start, up to the first, uh, what's left of the first town, um, nothing yet. Um, the biggest difference is, like, in the original game, the tutorial section was kind of narrated by memories of the main character's dad. Main character's dad doesn't get any... Uh, voice in this, or it doesn't appear in memories this time. Hmm. And uh, they changed the artwork, all the character artwork, for some reason. Huh. So, um, you remember the, the black guy who runs the bar at Iron Base? Mm-hmm. Um, Denuncio? For some reason, they, they changed up his facial structure and gave him the smarmy grin. Oh, and it's like, I, it's like this, this character. This character no longer looks like someone I actually like. 
and I can no longer maintain my regular headcanon that he and the engineer guy are an actual gay couple. <laughs> because, I mean, just their interactions in the, in the first game with, paired with their usual facial expressions just made me think they're a couple somehow. And I was, I was more than happy to stay with that particular um, headcanon, just because otherwise it leads to even worse implications for the cast's gender balance. So... Yeah, it, it is. Uh, what it is. Uh, hopefully, it picks up. Although I, my expectations are deeply tempered. <laughs> yes, um, the the whole being able to shoot things before you see them mm-hmm. is greatly expanded upon in this version. Hmm. To the point where I've done more um, time shooting ants with machine guns than actually fighting ants. As a fan of the Earth Defense Force, I do like shooting ants with machine guns, but that does seem uh, odd, to say the least. It's not necessarily bad, but um, you actually have to move the uh, aiming, re- the targeting reticule around if it's not actually in combat. That probably makes the the Joy-Con drift worse, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean a lot. Of it, I mean, it also depends on which mode you're in, because you can also do this in um, in out of vehicle mode now. Mm. And it will just auto-target for you. If you're uh, on foot. So. On the other hand, I've also been completely wrecked by two different suns at this point. So um, we get some difficulty issues as well. Mm. Yeah. Actually, No, actually, uh, I ran into the the death delivery thing and the... Um, and Poem, the android girl, was specifically saying, okay, you should probably pull, um, retreat right now. <laughs> and so I, mean, I didn't. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we're still figuring things out. It does not look like a lot of the plot related issues have changed yet. But uh. I'm, not, I'm not really far enough into it to say if they have. Um, combat is looking a little more interesting. Um, I haven't gotten into any actual um, on-foot levels yet to see how much those have changed, but it looks like they have. And um, what else? And not not digging all of the character art redesigns. Uh. Oh, hopefully it picks up. Hopefully, yes. <clears throat> Let's see. So, uh, Wheels, you uh, done much? Uh, play more Pokemon Ultra Sun. I am stuck on one of the totem fights. Uh, giant Togedemaru is destroying me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really sure what to do other than to level up a bunch of fire type Pokemon because everything. I even I had like a promo level forty shiny dude, so I was like, oh, I'll just bring in this guy and you know clear out this fight and then go back to not using him. And um, I guess because he's a steel type, he's Im- was immune to all the po- poison attacks, so that didn't work tried a ditto to just copy him and that didn't work 
So, yeah. I'm getting destroyed. I even have two two different starters. You're still getting wrecked. I have Dartrix and Torcat, and yeah, I'm still getting wrecked. Well, love at that. He's just got like this. I, I, apparently, the mix of lightning and steel is the uh, the perfect way to completely obliterate the team I put together. So, yeah. So what you're saying is you're ruined. Yes. I'm going to have to Conceptually do some grind. Yes. Yes. Stupid, stupid Toga tomorrow. Don't, don't blame don't blame him for your faults and your failures. But why? Because I'll blame you for your faults and your failures. So yeah, there's been that and also my new Battle Royale obsession. You're just obsessed with it because it has wizards in it. Yes, well that, and it's just... Uh, I'm it's, uh, I'm not necessarily completely against the I, the concept of a Battle Royale, but everything's just, just been just the same. Oh, here's my here's my game with guns, and here's my my battle royale game. With here's guns. my game with wands instead of guns. Uh, not even wands; it's gauntlets. But yes, same thing. Just give me something different. Have you tried Fall Guys? Uh, I have not tried Fall Guys, although it looks hilarious. <laughs> Seems fun. So, it, so yes, I've, I've been watching point. Let's Play videos of it, and it is a. Not exactly battle royale, but it is free for all, and it, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty much a battle royale. I heard somebody yeah. describe it as it's battle royale. If it was Takeshi's Castle, it's yeah, it's like battle royale <laughs> game show. But yeah, it's, it stuff looks like, like the kind of thing that's not going to last terribly long once people start getting bored with it. Ju so just have fun and go. We'll see. Maybe if they keep. I mean, they've said that there's there's like a new season coming in like October, so that should keep people's attention. Yeah. Well, you don't. I've not been, like I said, not been playing a lot of games other than Tony Hawk, and devoted my time to trying to work out what the hell is going on the lyrics of uh, the theme song Tosh to Nojo, which is like a game except nothing like one. <laughs> Listen, real humans don't say Oida. I've decided this. So yeah, that's uh, that's where we are here. So, sounds like we've all spoken some form of peace. Are we ready to start a question? Sure. Sure. Okay, if I can just open up the Discord where I actually had this. Okay. Like around August 28th or so? Yeah, I think the last set of questions... Yeah, August 28th. Last set of questions would have been from Iria. Uh, why is Monster Collection seen as just a kids-only genre when SMT proves that assumption is wrong and hurtful to the potential of monster taming? Uh, having a ton of monsters is inherently toyetic. Uh, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of long and short of it. Like, Pokemon casts a long shadow. It's I was hard say, to say. Po Pokemon is the type model for the genre. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like, even Dragon Quest had monster taming elements before Pokemon, but I mean, like, when you I mean, see Dra- a game that has monster taming five. now. Yeah. yeah. When you see a game that has monster taming now, it's not based off of anything but Pokemon. <laughs> Except for Megaten, and if you actually publicly compare Megaten to Pokemon, you will be cut by some fans. Yeah, oh, they get mad. <laughs> they get real mad. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah. like, it helps that. Pokemon makes it transparent what your chances are of getting something. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. completely transparent, but you know what will affect it positively and what will affect it negatively. And that can't really be said for a lot of the earlier examples of the genre. Yeah. Or what even some, some of the later ones. ones. I'm still shaking <laughs> my fist at you, Nocturne. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the variations I've seen, like Dinosaur King or Insect King. Um, those were originally just card, um, like card-based arcade games. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, and that. so when they decided to make put it on something a little more, uh, uh, what's the right word here? Um, permanent. <laughs> um, <laughs> on a console, they had they had to go somewhere, and most of them had anime adaptations that they just, uh, what's the right word here? Riveted onto the front of the game. Yeah. So, and since they're all aimed at elementary school boys, for the most part, they are heavily shonen. So. And of course, that kind of like collecting cards maps easily as a metaphor onto like collecting monsters that are found at random. So. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to get less like Pokemon, then you're probably going to end up taking a deep dive into the adult video game scene. And then yeah. wish wishing to hell that you had not. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ignore that aspect of that and uh, just think more about, like, I think that there's things you can do with the genre other than, like, children's stuff, but it's hard to find metaphors that are... I guess the way I would describe it is that it's hard to find metaphors that it does better than other things, than other themings you could use that are less charged. And... And here's part of the issue is also if you uh, try to upscale it out of the kids' market enough, then you end up in, with too much gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Which, which relates to a different question that we had, something about gotcha, gotcha. And my first response to that is gotcha is not a genre. It is a mechanic. Yeah. And there are decent games with gotcha that... Um, the issue is when the gacha becomes the sole mechanic, driving mechanic of the game, and or it costs extra money to use. Yeah. So, like, I was playing, um, I was playing um, Monster Strike 3DS earlier this summer, and that one has a gacha mechanic, and it's I mean, probably the best way of getting more powerful monsters, and it's relatively easy to get the tokens for it because all you have to do is beat actual fellow Monster Strike players in-game, and you will get tokens of various types. I mean, as, like... uh... Yeah. So, I mean, that was a good example of taking the original version's gacha mechanic, which was probably fairly annoying, and making it more broadly available to the single-player experience so that you could make use of it properly without having to worry about how you were going to get the tokens. Yeah, 
I feel like as people who routinely sing the praises of like franchises that are heavily built on random elements, like we are all in favor of you know making a game less deterministic. But Gotcha is like a really pre- often a really predatory way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not necessarily the mechanic itself, but how it is used, and it is often used in a what's the right word here, uh, lawful evil manner. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I, I feel some sympathy sympathy for the question because as a uh, fan of bad old anime about robots, there's a lot of those that are like obviously TV shows about uh, people whose parents got bad PTSD in World War II and they're now working it out through a toy commercial in 1976. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, like. You know, that's that's a, a not often discussed. Yeah, you part just of described most of the late seventies, early eighties mecha anime genre. Yeah, no, it's it's a huge part of it. And then of course you get into like the late eighties where it's like, uh well, a lot of the people that filtered into this genre in that period were people who filtered in it's like an even mix of people who were fans of it as children and people who were mostly uh burnouts from failed leftist political uh, uprisings in the 70s so very very strange mix of people making it for a very long time and like there's a lot of interesting that, things to be done with it but it's but, uh, forever that's kind what of, made it such a that's what made it such a unique blend of genre yeah yeah but it's also like forever it has a certain Paul cast over it of well it's it's toy commercials and it's like yeah there are ones that aren't and there's a lot of potential to not be a toy commercial but at the same time I can see why on a certain level it makes the material harder to deal with if you want to make new things in it because it's like there's a lot of toy commercial DNA Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that's also a thing that is on my mind a lot everyone go look up what uh, Tetsujin 28 looked like originally it's very strange (laughs) (laughs) Tetsujin 28 okay yes go Uh, yeah yeah so mid late Showa anime was a very fun world to live in (laughs) Um, but but you want to talk about PTSD read the original version of Kitaro oh yeah I mean just any time or any of the Kitaro series before or after he turned it into a much more friendly, family-friendly experience, um, you can just tell from ca- certain characters' teeth or the way he illustrates forests and jungles that he that the uh, mangaka spent some time in the Papua New Guinea campaign of World War Two. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nuts how long I think it's. I think he's Shigeru Mizuki, if that's my memory. Yeah, yeah Mizuki Shigeru, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of nuts how long he actually lived, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been on a very old anime kick. I was looking up the... Uh, yeah. the I works. actually saw him on TV hmm. before he died. Yeah, he was. it was one of the New Year's Eve programs, and they uh. had a... They had this huge choir singing the Gegege no Kitoro theme song in his honor. It must have been like 2013, 2014. Oh, yeah, that would have been real late. Yeah, it was like a year or two before his death. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've been, I was, 
as is probably uh, quite clear to people with very specific uh, tastes in old anime, I've been looking up the uh, uh, works of Ikikawajiri, who did a lot of early sports anime. So that's been fun. If you ever want to see... If you ever want to deep dive into what a lot of the influences on uh, modern Japanese games and anime are, eventually you will trace them all back to really old anime. And even from there, probably into, like, Bunraku puppet shows and shit. Yep. But you've got a few spots that are just cross-connections all over, starting with Nausicaa. Yeah, big one, big one. I mean, how many video games have swamp levels with giant bug monster bosses that are so obviously rip-offs of Nausicaa? Let's start with Final Fantasy IX. Nine, Crystalis, how many others can we think of right off the bat? The big swamp area is definitely, well, I mean... A lot of that kind of adventure anime is all over Grandia as well, although not necessarily the yeah. exact same bosses. No, but, I mean, in the case of Crystalis, the boss is, in fact, an Omu. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I just remembered that Crystalis fight. Yeah, there is no... There's, yeah, there's no second-guessing that one. That I mean, it is a toxic jungle swamp that requires a gas mask to even get into without dying. And the boss yeah. looks like an Omu. Yeah, um, and then, um, with, again with Ghibli, um, Castle in the Sky. Oh, that one's a huge one. I mean, let's let's see here. Uh, multiple Final Fantasies, especially including five. Including Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 1, 3, and 5 all had very direct imagery from it. Yeah. Um, the Kingdom of Zeal in Chrono Trigger oh, yeah, was yeah, definitely. Laputa. Was Laputa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, any time that there is a there is a pendant of supreme plot significance, it's a Laputa reference. See also Zeal again. <laughs> yes, not just I mean not just yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy all over the place. Oh yeah, and no, then and then all of the Final Fantasy airships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were taken from Ghibli. Were taken from Miyazaki, who got them from woodcuts of Jules Verne novels. Because if you look up Master of the World, Robert the Conqueror, the original woodcut um, pictures for that book look a lot like your classic uh, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3 airship. With the little propellers overhead. It's always great to sort of trace these these very specific bits of visual imagery through older and older pieces of popular culture. Yeah. But yeah, so recommend it if you've got the time to just fall down a hole looking through uh, these mm-hmm. kinds of influences over and over and over. Sometimes you'll find something stupid, like that time that I, like that uh, seeming, those two minutes of an episode of a 70s anime baseball team fighting Astro Boy that can't seem to find the rest <laughs> of. Wish I could. What? Uh, <laughs> Star of the Giants versus S versus Tetsu on Adam was apparently a real TV special that happened okay. in like the late 60s or early 70s. All right, that's his thing. And I can find two minutes of it on the internet and nothing more. Uh, yeah, I think I, find, I managed to find one ep- part of one episode of the old Merminoid anime from the oh, ni- late 90s in Italian. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of those anime would, like, were getting exported into parts of Europe long before they were getting exported into, like, the USA or the English-speaking part of Europe, and it was just like... It's like, oh, I was man. Ch- I was chatting with a friend of mine from Italy, and she was going on about which manga she was reading. I'm like, wait a moment. I, that sounds familiar. How did that get tr- translated into Italian? I'm like, what? Um, yeah. It was it was a very fun little series, very cute, and absolutely impossible to have been brought over to America in the late 80s. Yeah. Considering the incredibly heavy, obvious, heavy-handed transgender themes of the, of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I always love, like, when you find one that's like this, and then this was exported to, like, one country. Like, uh. How? Yeah, why? Yeah, I, I think. Somebody my, was a big fan. Yeah, I think one of my favorites is, uh. Weird old, like, uh, forgotten third leg of the Mazinger franchise. Uh, Grandizer was exported into the Middle East and translated into Arabic. Because apparently there was a huge fan who spoke Arabic. Because for some reason, someone in the someone they sold it to someone there, and now and then now an entire generation of Arabic speakers knows Goldrack. Yep. Very strange. It was just I, I guess back in that in that time period, the international rights were incredibly cheap, and if you were a big enough fan, you could do it. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like oh. You, you could kind of be at the mercy of, like, well, who's programming syndication for this random TV station? Well, I mean, if you look at some of the uh, manga that Viz Media uh, licensed back in the late 90s, early aughts, oh, and it's a long list of, like, okay, I have vaguely heard of a few of these, mostly by listening to other people talk about their favorite series. I don't think a single person in Japan could name most of these anymore. These were cheap. And they were still popular. No, I mean, some of them were fairly big Shonen, um, Shonen mm. Jump series during their time. But Japan has a fairly short memory for these There's a much more things. notable churn there as opposed to yeah. the attempt to build some of the Shonen franchises into longer-lasting brands here. Yeah. I mean, just there's just that much more anime and manga in this country. Yeah. And it's like, well, you've got... I once looked up the number of, like, concurrent existing manga magazines in Japan, and it's dizzying. Um, what? Two, three dozen? It's probably I mean, more it, than that, but yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking back to the ones I, I actually see in the stores regularly, and then trying to up it a bit because I realize I don't go to the um, porn stores that often. And there's got to be at least a, twice Yeah, there's a few dozen there. of those as well, yeah. Yeah. Probably just more... Like, Probably more the, um, of the important ones than the regular mainstream ones. Yeah, but it's just one of those things, like, you, re- you realize, like, oh, there is... It is impossible to keep track of what is happening in, quote-unquote, comics in Japan, because it's just going to be like, no, there's t- this is a, this is too big of an industry there. <laughs> there's yeah. too much just happening. Yeah. yeah. Like... You could keep track, like, you could be confused by them, but you could still keep track of what's happening in the American comics industry because it's like the. the big two. Yeah, the big two, and maybe whatever, like, Image or Dark Horse or whoever is publishing an independent comics, and then everything else and, is sort of like. And a lot of the independents. Really and a lot of the independents are just satellites of the big two anyway. Yeah, yeah or slowly getting eaten anyway. So, but, like. 
even just any given like comic publisher in Japan, like there are a few more there, but they'll also all have like a dozen magazines for different audiences. Yeah. But I mean, but on the other hand, it's also easier to get into any given Japanese series because there is a discrete beginning and a discrete ending. In There's an assumption that if the if the writer or artist or artist, if presuming they're different people, which is not always the case, if either of them ever leaves, it's assumed that you're probably not going to see any more of it. <laughs> yeah. Which unless it's Hunter Hunter. Yeah, Hunter Hunter. Well, that's that's a special case of like the author of that have health issues had lots of issues but yeah. yeah um but yeah it's like i i tried to pay attention to stuff with american comic books just because it's a frequent topic in various chats and forums and things and i realized yeah i'm about 25 years actually no let's see i'm probably about 45 years too late to begin reading some of these and i'm only 40 <laughs> years old um, yeah i mean there's there's there is fun with can with a, I mean there's fun with continuity and canon and then there is redefining your main canon every 10 years or less and then keeping everything still canon and then somehow extending whatever I writing something out and then 10 years later writing it right back in <laughs> yeah and and expecting the audience to be able to remember the stuff Hey. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's not healthy, but yeah. And it explains a lot of how other media in America has evolved, as the <sighs> as the fan or as their demographic base of people who are able to remember vast amounts of random canon. <laughs> it just increases and increases. So you end up with things like the Game of Thrones series and literature, where I don't know how anybody keeps track of that entire series. Oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get worse before before it uh, finally fizzles. I think that's oh bad. no 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 no. To, to no get worse is the wrong verb tense here. <laughs> it has certainly gotten worse. It can still get worse. Is really my point. <laughs> it's already got like seventy pages of dramatis personae at the end of each book, with at least thirty people mentioned per page. There's a there's a reason that uh, George R. R. Martin is like. 20 years into writing that series, I think. Yeah, because it, it's, it's exponentially harder to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after the end of that show, I kind of find it hard to care anymore. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be uh, a lot of people's response. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although, to be, oh, fair, yeah. to be fair, I kind of lost interest well before the show crashed and burned. Yeah, I don't know why you kept watching. Did you keep watching? Yeah, just out of like why? morbid curiosity. It was know. always weird to me when I was watching that last season play out as someone who never watched any of it because like every week I would log into like whatever internet corner I was on, and people would be like, "Oh, I fucking hate this," and then they would just immediately the next week they would come right back to it and watch it again, and it's like, if you stopped. Having fun, please. You can stop watching. Well, it was so good for so long until they ran out of source material, and then and it hadn't had source material for two seasons by that point. Well, I think, but at that point, it, people were just so into it; it was hard to even realize how bad it was starting to get until it like a, just 
Like, like I need to clarify. I'm talking about people who were saying the show is bad and has been for years. And <laughs> oh, I, okay. Like, well, I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand. Whatever. Let's let's move on. I don't want to think about this anymore. There's some more questions we got. Uh, another one from Aria. Uh, is the overabundance of fan service harming RPGs and diluting the quality of them? Uh, I would say it is a, a symptom of things that otherwise harm an RPG. I, I was going to say, I mean, you'd have to go very, very far in the past to find a case where you didn't have some sort of fan service in an RPG, if only in the manual. Of, yeah. I mean, like, let's go back to Dragon Quest Two on the MSX, which added in, like, a full image of, like, the uh, Moonbrook, Moonbrook princess in, like, a swimsuit. Fan service yeah, is in their phone. I, I can see Toriyama actually doing that, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like that is the. I think that's the debut of the Abunai Mizuki. Yeah. But it's so, in the MSX version. It's, yeah. The, the worst examples all seem to be tied in with the gacha issues as well just because that's one way of selling oh yeah it. well Ga- yeah gotcha has an under has a like proud and horrible understanding of like that people being horned up about something is the ultimate motivator for a lot of people for a lot of people yeah so. yeah which uh yeah I, I would say that like usually if something is really heavily into fan service i can think of very few things where it's like crowding out other ideas as opposed to just you didn't have a lot of other ideas <laughs> yeah um your average compile heart game mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that those are example. i mean that's a company that knows exactly how much they can get out of their fan base for as little as um, in, or in little investment as possible and so yeah it's it's, uh, it's it, a investment is fan service me, I'm a small bird in a Flintstones cartoon, and I'm just confusedly and tiredly saying it's a living for disappearing. Yeah. Yep. Or your average DMM games. I material. don't know what DMM stands for. I don't know what DMM means either, but it's the company name, and they publish a lot of um, smartphone games. Mm. And for some reason, they keep putting... I keep getting advertising for their stuff all over because I've somehow tripped an algorithm on Google or something. Um, yeah. But they're they're also the company that published um, Dan, um, Dandy Dungeon. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't yeah. can't completely hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, most of their stuff is like hyper moe, cute girls, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's marketed as such. And I don't. I mean, some of it actually looks like a, some of these games actually look like they might actually be decent, except I'm turned off by the marketing. Yeah, that'll do it. Ironically, because a lot of the marketing is specifically designed to try and turn you on. Yeah, yeah. At some point, that stops uh, being your primary motivator. Or maybe it doesn't. To each other. <laughs> I mean, obviously enough people are paying for this stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's just a question of how much of that's audience churn. But yeah. then we get back into the question of non-Pokemon-type monster collection games that are really just pervy adult games. Yeah. And we have... 
moved back. We don't get the many Bendai. of those in the U.S., but we've gotten the occasional attempt to localize those. <laughs> Lo- localize nothing. I I had accidentally stumbled upon a porn version of Hearthstone once. I'm not surprised. What? Yes, seriously. I'm not surprised. What, yeah. What was it called? Pornstone or something? I'm curious. Possibly, yes. I'm not sharing any names right now because I don't <laughs> want to try and remember these things. They're pretty awful. We might be violating some site rules anyway. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and what? And of the games in this particular constellation of marketing that I do remember, one of them I probably should not be saying out loud to begin with because it's yeah, pretty awful name. So we won't. Yes. Uh, just, just rest assured that these games do exist, and they exist mainly to make lots of money for people. For somebody, because other people are more than willing to shill out lots of money on gacha of this type. Yep. Which does uh, bring us directly into some gotchas. the... Uh, say what? It brings us directly into some gachas. No. Okay. Uh, it leads us directly into Aria's last question, which is, are gachas real RPGs? I don't play them, so I don't know, but yes. I mean, this Wait, is what, what I was. Um, this is what I was mentioning earlier. Gacha is not an actual genre. Yeah, it's a mechanic. Yeah, it's a mechanic that lends itself well to RPGs because you can immediately make it clear, like, see this thing that you got that's nicer. It's nicer because it has these numbers next to it. But yeah, and so there are lots of different styles of RPG that have a gacha mechanic, and they don't always work that well, and sometimes they are completely superfluous, and sometimes you wish they were su- superfluous. So. Still remembering yeah, a few a... pieces where I wish they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's one of those things, like, it's... Like, I, I stand by the statement, I've never played these because I don't find them appealing, but also, yes, they are real RPGs. <laughs> um, I will accept a lot of things under the umbrella of RPG because it's more interesting than trying to police things out of it, so... that That's why I usually refer to it as the RP gestalt. Yeah. It's not a genre, it's a gestalt. Yeah, and it just keeps, like, spreading, so... Mm-hmm. You know. It's, I mean, it's really, really is more of a a frame of mind in many yeah. ways. Um. Yeah. Uh, and now we get into a subject that was of debate among the people in the Discord when it was asked. Can you guys think of the youngest main character to ever grace an RPG and the oldest? I'm sure there's so some real... main old character. So, yeah. primary character or main party member? Uh, primary party uh, we'll member. do one, then the other. <laughs> well, obviously the uh, the old guy near Papa Nier, In terms of in terms of characters who are actually being portrayed as old, Papa Nier is up there. Yeah, Papa Nier. Um. Oh, I'm sure there are a few others. You get a lot of ones that are like uh, I've been in some sort of suspended state for a few thousand years, or like they're a demon that's like a thousand years old, but it's like they're portrayed as teenagers or whatever. Yeah, portrayal is important here. Reincarnations don't count. Yeah, otherwise Faye would count, and we're not doing that. Um, yeah. Oh, I already mentioned it's like not counting Faye and Ellie. No. Yeah, makes sense. And some this was in response to somebody suggesting Ryu and um, what's Nina from Breath of Fire. 
Yeah, I'm not even sure if the games consider those to be reincarnations, other than Descendants. A few cases I think they sort of are, and sometimes they aren't. It really depends on the game and the personal interpretation. Like, yeah. was it, which one was it? Breath of Fire 3 or 4, where Ryu was actually one half of a deity? I think it's 4. Or, yeah, he wouldn't have been a reincarnation of anything then, or aside from the deity itself. Yeah. Which then gets into possibly as old as time. Let's not think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Hmm. Um, yeah, like, as far as, like character you play as who is the main character like Papa Nier's about the upper ceiling on how old you can get before video games don't care yeah I mean not counting any game where you can just create your own avatar and make them look any way you want and sometimes they'll have an age slider and you can set them to be 100 or whatever yeah often they don't but um oh uh, again, that's the thing. It's the the demographics for the games, the industry itself. It does not lend itself to having much older protagonists as a pr- main characters. There's also just that, like, video games are also often like very associated with empowering the player, and really old characters are typically enfeebled in some fashion. Yep. Like Tella, Final Fantasy. Good IV. old Tella. Yeah. Tella, all of your stats keep getting worse. Please retire. Yes. And you never get enough MP to cast that Meteor spell. For I like the, the conception of that. Yeah. I guess uh, if we're expanding out to party members in RPGs, like Galif would be up there as well. Galif is going to be the next one I mentioned. So, yeah, 4, 5, 6, Tella, Galif, and what's-his-face, Grandpa from Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. He's not. Uh, he's nowhere near the oldest. But whenever I think about like video game like dad age characters, I always got to think about Pancras from Dragon Quest V. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a couple of the Sids would count. Oh yeah, yeah. FF Some of the Sids are real old. Like FF three Sid. Now FF seven Sid's only like thirty, dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. He's the old man at like thirty five. Yeah, like he is old compared to the rest of the party, except for Barrett, who's probably about his same age. But yeah, is uh, uh, FF six Sid supposed to be old? I can't tell. It's, he's a banana. Kind of, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's but, somewhat but FF three Sid is quite old. Grandpa. So yeah. I mean, Celeste calls him Grandpa, so we assume he's old. Final Fantasy four Sid is a Grandpa, definitely. FF three Sid is also quite old looking. But he doesn't. But really he's not a party, party member. It's true. FF two Sid is probably about the same age as FF seven Sid, um, and he's a, actually a dragon knight. Yeah, oh, I love that so. one too. <laughs> and then FF eight Sid is just like the headmaster of the place. Oh, FF nine Sid, he's old as hell. <laughs> yeah, he is a frog with a distinguished mustache. Mustache for much much but, of that game. But even so, he's probably in his late forties at most. He's at least gray-haired and bald. That's something. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, for Japan, gray hair starts in junior high school sometimes. Oh, boy. That's something oh, yeah. I have to live with. Yeah. Suddenly, the protagonist of Persona 4 makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not that gray, just random. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. the occasional gray hair. It sticks out more in, when you've got, like, just a sea of black hair. Exactly. And it's, I mean, it's also stress-related, usually. 
Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I've known high school students who were just perfectly salt and pepper. Oh, Buzz cuts with salt and pepper. And other junior high school students who, if they let their hair out, grow out with more than four millimeters, then it's obviously chestnut. Oh, boy. And then one girl who was naturally brunette, and she was on the swim team, so she ended up being Solomon Isles, um, Solomon Islands blonde. Huh. Just from all the chlorine. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. It's really easy to pick out who is on the swim team at a high school in Japan. Because <laughs> they are all brunettes by the end of yeah. it. Yeah. At least. Uh, if enough chlorine will do that too, yeah. 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 Uh, for youngest, there's probably at least a couple games with protagonists that are essentially literally babies. I mean, a couple who were literally born yesterday. Yeah, um, like born just prior to the game's beginning. Uh, uh, Wild Arms partners 3. Time. <laughs> oh, Two don't. literal babies. I'm sorry. Do not but... speak its name. Uh, Wild Arms 3 had a cyborg... Um, oh yeah, the Jet. Protagonist was a cyborg who was at most three years old. Yeah, Jet Enduro. What a name! Hey, it's a very, very JRPG name. I mean, it's it's a like I will not pretend that there was not like a point where like me playing that on the PS2 or is like yeah, that's cool as hell. Like it's dumb, but it's cool as hell. So yeah, uh, there's a protagonist in uh, Tales of the Abyss who's really young, but I don't want to say because I know of one staff member currently playing that game for the first time. It's a good game. They and should they keep playing. I'm so yeah. surprised when they get that, to that plot twist, yes. Yeah. I really it's like a good game, game, and they should keep playing it. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, the, then there's Jade from Tales of the Abyss who fits the old man trope of not being really old, but he is the old man. Yeah. yeah I think he's like 35. Yeah. And there's also I mean, a literal Wild Arms girl 3 had a character game. very similar to him who was also 35. Yeah, that's Clive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're assuming 35. There's usually some variation, but it always seems to like average Like mid-30s is kind of the, like, you're the dad and the old man now. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, like that, that mid-30s point is kind of the cutoff point for most JRPGs. Someone brought up uh, a Legend of Dragoon character who's like no. 9,000 yep. years old. Rose. Yeah, Rose. Yeah, and yeah, she is technically the oldest by a few millennia. Yeah, she's like... I mean, it's like saying Fusoya from Final Fantasy IV. What? Oh, Fusoya is also super old, yeah. Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay, I didn't. I didn't disappear. Okay, I was afraid of that. Uh, but yeah, I remember. I'm like thinking about this is just making me realize I remember more about the plot of Legend of Dragoon than I probably should. So. Hey, if you're anything like me, you will just randomly remember stuff for no good reason. Listen. I mean, the other the other day, I found myself just randomly singing little songs from the old Jeffrey the Giraffe Toys R Us ABC video. <laughs> I have not seen this in 30-some years. Why is a yak called a yak if he never yaks to talks at all? Okay. But, yeah, uh, let's see. 
Yeah, like the thing that always like is always a good test of how far someone got into Legend of Dragoon before dropping it is how quickly they realize that I'm not making up that the villain's name is Melbu Frama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Just, just doesn't sound good. That game needed a much better localization and possibly a few minor alterations to the uh, interface. Yeah, it's not the worst interface that I've seen in a PS1 RPG, but Shadow Madness is really hard to top. Yeah. And honestly, Legend of Dragoon was not that bad a game, but I can say that having played much, much worse games... So... It had outsized like reach and publicity as a late PS One era Sony published game as per compared yeah. to its quality. So yeah. like it it feels worse to the person who was only playing high profile JRPGs. Yeah. I feel like its biggest problem is that there's just not a lot to it, like especially combat wise, but Yeah. It was it was a sufficient game. It was a game that you could sit around and play for about 40 hours, and eh, you had a decent time. Okay. Let's see. Uh, anyway, I need to get going in about three minutes, so we should probably leave Fire Miner's last uh, deluge of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe 11 or 12 questions for another day. Sure. Yeah, me and Wales might uh, chatter about some other stuff after you leave, but otherwise, you should at least uh, do some plugging. Oh, yes. So, of course, yes. Um, As usual, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, uh, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, episodes one through nine. Still working on cover art for more stories to put up. Um, And uh, just having fun with that. So, uh, Michael Yarimizu. Yes. Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, just in case. Because, as it turns out, Michael Baker is impossible to Google properly. It's a, it's a pretty common. Yeah. So I, I told you about my answer on Quora about that, right? Uh, I don't recall. The, the question is, why do people have middle names? And my response starts off with, well, my first name is Michael. If you type into Google, how common is the name blank? The first item on autocomplete is Michael. <laughs> so, uh, um, out of 100 years, it was the number one given baby name in the English language 55 years. Well, that's terrifying. And was in the top 10 for the remaining 45. Uh, well, the staff was never lacking for Michaels, to say it. Yeah, to we had use five a limited or six sample one time, size. yes. And then if you look at my last name, it's the 38th most common family name in the United States, 37th in Britain, 35th in Australia. <laughs> yes. And then, hey, we could go to middle names, but hey, my middle name is also in the top 10 most common baby names in the English <laughs> language. So, yes. So I'm very, very grateful to my wife's family for allowing me to use their surname as a pen name. So, because it is much, much more Googleable than my own name. Far more Googleable. Um, so, yay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those remain available. Please check them out. Yes. 
and working slowly, slowly, not surely at all, but slowly towards getting other stuff published. So, gotcha. ho- hopefully for real. It'll be nice. Yay. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, in case this does get uh, this does stop immediately, uh, questions go in the question zone, sometimes known as the podcast section of the RP Gamer Discord or the comment section of this very post. Oh, I actually got a, a like a um, somebody made a comment on twi- um, Twitter about the last one about yeah, yeah. my comment on um, acquaintance codes. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was Crystal uh, Chronicles. Yeah, like, I think that was yeah, who uh, was this? one of the Nintendo World Report guys. Yeah, Donald yeah. Theriault. Yeah. Yeah. Catching, here we go. Catching up on podcasts from the vacation and be- best description for Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered's codes came from Michael Yarimizu. Acquaintance codes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Well done. Well coined. Did he? Yay. Did he name drop our podcast or did he just? He did not. God no. damn it. No, he just added me. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. We're doing fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Anyway, I need to get going, really. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya. Hasta See you next week. Bye-bye. Uh, so, wheels. Yes. Video games. Yes. Prince of Persia remake. That's not an RPG, is it? Yeah, close enough. Fair enough. I'm glad that it's coming out. I'm glad that Ubisoft is a leaky, leaky boat and immediately divulged all the other versions they had refused to announce for reasons best known only to them. Yeah. To the point where people were able to order copies for other consoles on their website. Which is bizarre. Ubisoft how? Ubisoft how? Uh, I don't know. I'm glad that they're bringing Scott Pilgrim back. Uh, hopefully a physical edition this time. so that people... Yes, I'd like a physical edition yes. so that it won't disappear into the ether at random. Yes, I'm really not interested in seeing people selling old PS4s for like several hundred dollars in a few years. Has Scott Pilgrim on it, I promise. I like how all of the like boutique game uh, publishers like Limited Run were all simultaneously tweeting, we're very glad this is happening. We, we are not publishing a physical version of this as of yet. <laughs> Every single like boutique publisher tweeted that at the same time, and it was just like, uh, just mad I wish I, you were. <laughs> I'm mad I never thought to sell my PS3 with Scott Pilgrim on it. <laughs> I'm mad I never thought to throw my PS3 with Scott Pilgrim on it into a bug. <laughs> uh, what was the other I thing? I love the game. I just, I, I'm just not a fan of PS3 in general. Yeah, me neither. But, um, uh, I'm still mad. I, they, there's a short list of games that I need to be ported now so I can chuck that thing. Into a bog? Yes. Uh, but that short list is very important games like Tales of Graces F Tales of Graces F honestly I'd be fine if they just ported Tales of Graces and chopped the F content out entirely but oh well Um, Tales of Symphonia that's on PC at least that is on PC I don't know why that's not on Switch there's really no reason it isn't no uh 
What else needs to happen? Honestly, that's probably it. That's it. The, the I think the rest I could like do without. I have no real desire to revisit Tales of Exilia one or two. Yeah, man. I have some um, like Atelier collections, like. But those are coming out on other things. Yeah, they're already out on other things, not like physical editions, but whatever. And honestly, if you want physical editions, there are they are importable in some places. Yep. I think the Asian versions of uh, the Atelier trilogies are on cart, all physical and such. Just Dusk. Uh, just Dusk, aka the best one. Yes. Um, but yeah, let's see. Uh, do we want to do a bit of PS5 and Series X discussion? I don't think Gaijin would be particularly yeah, interested no, in talking can, about that. We can go through that because it's really kind of crazy how the gauntlet that Microsoft threw down for Sony. The Series S and the uh, weird financing options yeah, are probably going to be very important for the given the current state of the economy. Yeah. Uh, no, the financing options are ridiculous. Because I was thinking about it, it's like, this is not, this is cheap. And then I remember that it includes Game Pass, and it's like, uh... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they clearly just want to make sure you can have the box. Like, find a way to get the box to you. I mean, I I don't want that S because it doesn't have a disk drive and I have a bunch of Xbox stuff, but... Yeah. I mean... I I can understand why it exists. Yeah, to have a next-gen console the same price as the Switch, uh, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It doesn't offer you the same value, but it does at least put it in like, well, this is something I could pick up and not feel too wallet crunched for having done so. Yeah, and I <laughs> doubt the PS5 digital only option is going to match that. Not unless Sony is willing to take a huge hit, because apparently that uh, custom SSD uh, read R&D slash interface is expensive. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think at I think the lowest you would see the digital PS5 is going to be 400. Yeah. Which will put it into a weird stair-step pattern. But... Yeah, uh, you, you won't see me buying either because uh, I will cling to the right to just keep things forever as long as I can. <laughs> but... but I mean, yeah, I had I had no interest in getting the Series X right away and now I probably will yeah assuming I can get in on one of those uh, payment plans right away because yeah. I mean and, uh, I'm already paying for a game pass ultimate so that's like 20 bucks yeah it's 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 a fairly interesting uh, gauntlet to throw down uh, I'm just I'm just generally interested in where they're going with this yeah uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to two years from now, when all of these consoles are out, and also uh, all of the hullabaloo about ray tracing has been thrown to the dogs, because that 
costs a lot in, in GPU time, so they won't bother. <laughs> and I can just go back and look at how, like, this will be the generation of ray trace games and just sort of laugh. Forever remembering that one of the most insightful comments I ever heard about game development and why games are the way that they are came from Tomonobu Itagaki about Ninja Gaiden Black for the Xbox. I've told this before. Do you remember this, Wiz? No. He basically was talking about how one of the plans that they had was that you would be able to switch between weapons in mid-combo and they would have, like, unique animations when you swapped weapons because, like, you had swapped in the middle of the combo, so, like, that would give you new combos. And he basically said... Yeah, but that would have taken a lot of, like, that would have taken RAM that we didn't have, or at least that we weren't going to spend on that. If we'd had a bit more RAM, maybe we'd have done it. And then he thought better of it, and in the same answer said, but really, if we'd had more RAM, it probably would have just gotten used somewhere else. <laughs> and, like, that is that is the thing you need to always remember when you're thinking about, like, well, why don't they do this? And it's like, well, if they had a bit more resources, they might be able to. And then the answer always becomes... There's probably something better they could spend. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that is sufficiently not useful enough will just get called out. <laughs> but yeah. Do we have what games are we interested on in next gen? Interested in on next gen at this point? Uh, Yakuza, like a dragon. Yakuza, like a dragon. That's sure. that's vegan. I, I, have you? Uh, you should check the Twitter for Ryuga Gotoku Studios because every day it's been tweeting out a different job in the game. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull this up. It was like a gambler job that they showed in the most recent tweets. Let's see. Uh, RGS Studio, RGG Studios, excuse me, uh, Twitter. They have it, it warms my heart that Ryuga Gotoku Studio has an English Twitter now. Uh, okay. Yeah, so you've got, they showed off the uh, dealer job, which is supposed to be, oh, you're the person who works at the casino. That explains it. Uh, they showed the chef job a couple a uh, day or so ago. Uh, Japan is tasked with collecting. Oh. Oh, there's a Pokemon parody in here. <laughs> Ichiban is tasked with collecting data on all the dangerous people running around Yokohama using his Suji decks. Find them and become the Sujimon master. It, it just looks real good. I remember the battle commands in the game. Uh, if you read them all, it says Sega. I forget what uh, they're all labeled, but like I remember when they first showed it, it didn't actually say Sega, but someone pointed out that you could change one of them and it would spell that, and suddenly the next time it was shown, it said it had been changed and now said Sega when you open the battle menu. Huh. 
so that was cute. But yeah, so that that game looks incredible. That's I'm into that. Uh, for me, the other thing that will drag me onto a next-gen console is Resident Evil 8 Village. Nice. I don't know if you know this. I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I have an inkling. But what about Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, no, that's good. Uh, but, you know, I don't know when I'll be picking up the PS5. Especially if it launches as expensive as it seems like it might, so... Yeah. Good news, we know nothing about the PS5. Yeah, that's the other thing that's been weird about this, is Microsoft finally just, you know, just gave up and said, yeah, Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X will come out on November 10th. Yeah, here's all the info. And, like, Sony's still sort of holding, holding, holding. I don't know, like... I assume at TGS they must be revealing it. Like, that must be what they're waiting for. I hope so. I mean, it's... We don't even know what, if any, PS4 games it'll play. We know it's supposed to play some. We don't know how many. Yeah, there's just... The lack of, like, basic knowledge of this thing is baffling to me. Like, the price it's, it's, and some on, other some details, lo- On some level, it's mildly infuriating. Yeah. It's just this sort of, like... The most you'll buy what you'll buy whatever we put out sheep. Yeah, well, and it's just like that, and like we don't even know if the Miles game will include the original Spider-Man game remastered. They've been super up and down on whether that's in there or not. Yeah, like how how can you not have answers to these simple questions out there when the thing launches in two months? Presumably. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like, it can't not be in November. Like, that is when they're going to release it. I'm checking Wikipedia to find out if there's, like, something I heard about. Uh, I missed where they described what it was going to do uh, with regards to the PS4 game. I don't think so. Project Standalone game. Okay, here... Okay, it was announced... uh, Sony VP Simon Ruther told The Telegraph the game was an expansion and enhancement of the previous game. Somniac later called the project a standalone game, saying it was the next adventure in that universe, but smaller in size. Comparing it to Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uh, new story, blah, 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 blah. Ray tracing, dual sense, whatever. Uh, yes, blah, 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 the usual. Ilch. Uh, feature an optional performance mode that will allow players to run the game in 4K 60fps. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to make my bet right now that it will not feature the original Spider-Man PS4 game. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Just based on like what they're saying. Yeah, I never played the DLC for PS4 Spider-Man. Was that any good? Not really. Yeah, that was kind of what I heard. It just sort of was kind of bad. I wouldn't call it bad, it's just... There was no reason to specifically go back to it. Yeah, and... Like, the villain it featured was not interesting. Make Peter Parker fight the big wheel. <laughs> you Are you a fan of the big wheel wheels? 
He is an obscure villain. His name is Jackson Wheel. I approve. Uh, he is, his gimmick is that he is a man with uh, he's basically just a man sitting in a giant wheel filled with guns. I'm here for this. Okay, let me see if I can find this. Okay, big wheel, Jackson wheel. Okay, so he appeared in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 182, July 1978. Jackson Wheel is a businessman who embezzled, has embezzled from his company. Fearing he might be caught, he hires a useful, cri- youthful criminal named Rocket Racer to steal the evidence that incriminates him. However, Rocket Racer uses the opts to use the evidence to blackmail Wheel instead. I'm not sure how he didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, despairing, Wheel's, Wheel, excuse me, not Wheels, Wheel, Tries to commit suicide, but Rocket Racer prevents him from doing so. Racer is not particularly kind to Wheel, disparagingly referring to him as Big Wheel. Humiliated by Rocket Racer's taunts, Jackson Wheel visits the mechanical genius and underworld supplier, the Tinkerer, who Rocket Racer boasted had upgraded his equipment. At Wheel's urging, the Tinkerer creates a large metal wheel that can climb up buildings, complete with guns and Waldo arms. <laughs> Uh, you're, I'm, I'm just going to send you this so that you can know what supervillain you are. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's. I guess that's our uh, opinions on on PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S. I don't know. I mean, really, there's not really a whole lot of reason to jump into either. Yeah, that's just one of those things where it's like, do you feel like, is the value proposition they're giving you enough to pull you in against your better judgment? Yeah. <laughs> and right now for the Xbox kind of is. Yeah. And the PS5, it kind of is um, a giant, giant Riddler question mark. Yeah. And not like the cool Riddler question mark like you see in a Batman movie. No. Not sure. I, a new Batman looks pretty cool. I'll probably see it in Dimension. And also, it's Jim Carrey's Riddler's question mark. Oh no, no! Oh man, I remember watching Batman Forever like three or four years ago, and it's like, oh, this is markedly worse than I remembered. Yeah. Like it was impressive because I like I didn't remember it being a great film, but I was like, well, it's better than Batman and Robin, and it's like maybe, but only a little. No, I remember <laughs> liking it better than uh, Batman Returns, but yeah, no. Did you go back and see it and correct that? Yes. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, uh, it's like going back and watching the second Ninja Turtles movie. It's like, oh, this is terrible. This is like, this is not just like, oh, not a particularly good movie. This is not an entertaining movie. No, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. My kids enjoyed uh, it, though. Yeah, well, that's what and that kind of Ninja Turtles is. That kind of explains everything. Ninja Turtles are for the youth. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they keep making Ninja Turtles because it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy that Ninja Turtles keeps happening, but it's not for me anymore, and it hasn't been for decades. Well, the 2012 show is honestly kind of for us. Yeah, it but came... I mean, it's also for kids. So. Yeah, for sure, but that one was also, that was made by people specifically that like grew up with the original show, and some that worked on the original show, or acted in the or original show. Or turtles on the original show, and are yeah. now different turtles. Uh... But yeah, no, I like 
Uh, but, like, I mean, I remember people just screaming bloody murder at the most recent one, which seems oh, yeah. to be cancelled now, sadly. But, like, that that wasn't for us. Not even a little. Not for you, and actually, it's actually really good. You're, yeah, I've heard nothing wrong. but good things. Sorry. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from people who actually watched it. Yeah, no, it's it's really good, and it's a different take, which is the important thing. That's how you keep these. If you want those franchises from when you were a child to keep being relevant, you need to keep doing different things with them. Yeah. Let's see. The MMT. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have any. Like, they don't seem to have officially renewed it. And. Its last episode aired in August, so unless they. Uh... I think Netflix. Is doing a Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie or something? That'd be cute. I remember something about that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. That would make it easily the shortest running of these. Most of these run way longer than anyone realizes. Yeah. There were nine seasons of the original, like, 80s cartoon. It ran into, like, 1995. Yeah, a lot of those are kind of bad. I mean, a lot of those are also quote-unquote seasons that are six episodes, and they just tack them onto the syndication yeah. order. But it's still one of those things where it's like, what is this even doing? How did this run into 1995? I once looked at the last episode, and it was like, what? Eventually, they actually got rid of, like, Shredder and Krang. It was weird. Yeah, no, that... The whole run of that show was weird. Yeah. Still, I loved it as a child. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Me too, but the two shows that followed it were way better. Yeah, no. In general, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just got a lot better after we were kids. Yeah. Uh, other than other than Next Mutation, that's yeah. that's really bad. That's real bad. Let's not talk about that. Or that was, it was an ill-advised concept. Or the crossover with uh, Power Rangers in space. That that thing's incredible. Not for good reasons, <laughs> but it's incredible. <laughs> That bit where the like the Power Ranger spaceship shouts that it's certified turtle fight. <laughs> Don't even have words. Uh, Let us always remember the Ninja Turtles as dancing to Tarzan Boy. Yes. <laughs> Jungle life. I'm far away from nowhere. I'm gonna say that, that's kind of the nice thing about a lot of the the newer versions of these shows is it's often like made by people like us that grew up with it and. Like, it like the original was made cooler. by people for whom it's just a job, and so they yeah. just, like, especially in the 80s, like, even if you put your best effort into an 80s cartoon, there was really only so much you were going to be able to do. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's it's become a lot more possible to do something if you care a lot in animation over the past 30 years. So. Like the new DuckTales show. Woo! Which is insanely good. And cares a lot, perhaps too much. Yes, not just about the original cartoon, but the source material for the original cartoon. You got your barks in there. You've got a loving reference for the Disney afternoon in general. Yeah, I remember dark, seeing dark like frying. references. I remember seeing that there was like vague references to gummy bears. I think so. Yeah, and they mentioned the name of the town from. Uh, Goof Troop, I believe. From what? Either, no, not, not Goof Troop. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think Goof Troops uh, Town had. Um, the cartoon with airplanes. Why am I forgetting his name? Tailspin. Thank you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they. I think in the first episode they name drop, uh, this the town or city that it takes place in. Yeah, I forget. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I forget what it's. Uh... Man, what a weird show. Yep. If we just took like a couple characters from the Jungle Book and then made like a '30s adventure serial homage. <laughs> Very weird. Kids will love it. Kind of did. Oh. Oh yo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry. That's that's the thing that sticks out to me when I think of Tailspin the most. The theme song? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't remember any of the episodes. <laughs> the episodes that I do remember are ones that I mostly remember where it's like, oh, you maybe shouldn't have done this. Those pandas were maybe a mistake. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I recall it being fine. But it was mostly notable for its aesthetic in that theme song. That's fine. At least it wasn't bonkers. Yeah. I mean, all those shows were fine because it's like... Maybe it's just because we were so used to cartoons that were selling toys that it was nice to just have some cartoons that Something were just that telling was just stories. Selling yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of selling like Disney, but it's also... It's just like, here's some cool stories. Here's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Let's just We're do a cartoon. We're not gonna introduce random new characters because we have new to toys sell. To yeah, I don't think I ever saw like uh like you see games based off these. I don't think I ever saw like action figures of dolls or any of the of any of these. So. No, surprisingly not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like they were definitely above the. Above par for the time. It's just that when you go back and look at it, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't watch Bonkers. Maybe this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch Gargoyles instead and listen to half the TNG cast. <laughs> Make a Gargoyles RPG. Get on it. Gargoyles is awesome. Gargoyles owns. I need to go back and rewatch it. Is that on Disney Plus? It seems like it should. Yeah, uh, yes, it is. That makes sense. Greg Weissman's indomitable love of old mythology and Shakespeare. Such an interesting show. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how did how did any of this get approved by like someone in a suit? I don't understand. How did any of this end up being? How did so much of the TNG cast end up in here? Yeah. Listen, as a child, it didn't. I didn't put two and two together and realize how much Jonathan Frakes I was in taking at one time, but. <laughs> It was a good voice actor. What you gonna say? Yeah. Oh, he's great. I'm kind of mad he wasn't in more of the new Picard show. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next season. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I, I'm I'm clearly brain fried at this point. So let's yes. uh, clean this up. Well, I could talk uh, about more cartoons. Talk about Ninjago some more. Isn't that on, like, season 8? <laughs> no, they're on, like, season 13, my friend. That's terrifying. It, and it's funny, because it's like, okay, yes, that show is designed to sell Lego sets. Which I've, heard that it's a, I've heard that it's a quality children's show. It is. It does, like, weird homages. Like, one of the seasons is kind of 
Mortal Kombat. I think I've talked about this in the past. With your heart so cold. They go go to an island uh, where there's a guy that kind of looks like, uh, what's his name? Shang Yes, holding a tournament of elemental masters, including a guy with like speed type abilities that looks like Johnny Cage. I'm into that. Yeah. Johnny Cage. Pretty cool. And then there is a season where the villain is someone whose parents died during um, like season one of the show when they were like fighting a giant snake in the city and who blamed them for it. It was like, wow, Wow. that's... (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. weird. It's like that. That's I'm, he- I'm not used to seeing this. That's some heavy shit for this kids show. <laughs> children, children, why, why are you doing this? Yeah, uh, one of the most recent seasons, they go into a video game and kind of matrixy, and that character goes back there, shows up as like trying. Ah, what was it? Because the whole thing with that season was she tricked the ninja by like acting like she was a distressed princess and falling in love with one of the characters. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, in this video game thing, she comes back like trying to distract the character that had sort of fallen in love with her. Yeah. And it was interesting. I don't know. And oh, oh, the crazy recent one was um uh, what was it? They then they like transported to a different realm, but one of the characters transported like 100 years there before the other ninja. So when they get there, something has happened and he's become like an evil like ice emperor. <laughs> And has like <laughs> ravaged that kingdom for the past hundred years. I have questions, but yes. no, they, I don't think I'm getting answers, and it's uh, probably for the best. You can ask many questions. I mean, there's also like the season. I think was halfway in homage to Sands of Time, where it ends with every someone making a wish and the entire everything that happened that season being wiped out. <laughs> well, okay then. To save uh, the female ninja from dying, yeah. So important. In conclusion, let's all play the Prince of Persia the Sands of Time. Yeah, but I mean, if you have kids and you want them to watch a show, I recommend that because whoever is in, tar- in charge of allowing making that show to happen is giving them lots of creative freedom, and it's really cool. Remember that bit in. Prince of Persia, the Two Thrones, where the frickin' dark version of the prince just sort of mocks the prince for the ending of Sands of Time. <laughs> I do, yeah. What are you gonna do? Gather enough up enough sands for another grand rewind? <laughs> that was a good game. Two Thrones was underrated. Yeah. You know, Two Thrones is really good. It was a perfect way to, to cap off those games. It's a shame that they just couldn't let Sans of Time go. No. Forgotten Sans is fine. They had the perfect setup for a new series of Prince of Persia games and just went... 
Just piss that right down their leg. Yeah. Uh, I will hold the torch for Prince of Persia OA forever and will curse your name forever for that DS game. Sorry. You unvarnished piece of shit. Uh, well, well, at least I didn't make you sad with the, um, the DS sequel to Prince of Persia uh, 06. Oh, wait, I thought that was what you gave me, or was that a different one? No, I thought I gave you, um... Crap, which one was it? Because I definitely own the bad sequel, the bad DS sequel to 08. Yeah. Why do I keep calling it 06? I don't know. I don't I'm thinking of Sonic 06 for some reason. That seems unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I think uh, it was, uh... uh the for- Forgotten Sands for DS that I gave yeah. you. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe I inflicted the bad DS-08 sequel on myself. It's just yeah. like, uh, well, I have to see how they, what the only other Prince of Persia 08 game they made looked like. Yeah, I did too, and it was like, wow. This oh, is, this is awful. This is just going to make me sadder that there's not a proper sequel. I think my favorite thing about that DS Forgotten Sands game you gave me is that there's one of the bosses that if you're moving at all right when the fight starts, which is not a difficult thing to do, the game bugs out to hell. <laughs> It was uh, not a game that you would call well put together or well play tested. No. In any case, uh, I'll play Sands of Time again, especially now that the that I know that it's on Switch, even though Ubisoft wanted to hide that for reasons that are not clear. Have they confirmed or not confirmed, or is it? Well, you said they basically had a pre-order up for it there, so it's. It was on their website. Yeah. So they it's... just weren't acknowledging it for some reason. The only thing I can think of is that, like, those other versions don't launch the same day. And they're trying to get you to buy those versions that launch first. Could be. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm Otherwise, very happy to see that that's being developed by an Indian studio. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice to see studios that are not in the handful of normal places, the quote-unquote normal places that you see them. Yeah. See them. So, a lot of a lot of version, a lot of untapped talent in large swaths of the world. Reminds me, I gotta play more Raji. Yeah, I've been enjoying what I've played it on. Yeah, it's very good, very pretty. Very Prince of Persia adjacent. Yep. Down to the point where, like, the point where I knew it was like, oh, they definitely knew what they were doing was how often you like slide down like a cloth, like the same way that. A lot of times, they, the Sands of Time games would make sure that you could go down but couldn't go up by having you, like, cut, uh, like, dig the dagger into a uh, banner and cut down it. I was yeah. just constant in those games. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't think I ever actually finished Warrior Within. Uh, I did. That game is a little too long. Yeah, it's a little too long. You have to backtrack through areas and stuff. Yeah, because there's that sand wraith bit, which is right around where I stopped. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not the best. I like a lot of what it's doing, but it doesn't really work. And the godsmack is weird. Yeah, I don't know why godsmack was in there. Like... Mm. By 2004 or so, when that game came out, that was pretty dated already. Mm-hmm. And does anyone even remember that Godsmack existed? Barely. 
whatever. Let's get this. Uh, let's let's end this since we're both just rambling at this okay. point. Uh, so that was Q and A quest again. You can find you can put questions in the question zone, sometimes known as the podcast section of Discord or the comment section of this very post. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you could tweet at wheels and it might work, but I mean, it's not the ideal form. Uh, otherwise, uh, see you, space cowboys. <laughs>